0: Okay, so we're back. I'm sure you listened to the first podcast if you're listening to this one, and you're probably like, where's James Akinjo and Kellen Grady? you know, and like all these other guys that other people are ranking number two or number ten or whatnot, and they didn't make my top 20. And so this is the podcast where I explain, you know, the next – I ranked out to – top 40 actually so I'll I'll list these honorable mentions that didn't quite make my top 20 and I'll give you my thought process and why they didn't make my top 20 whereas they might be you know number two number 10 number 15 on other ranking list and I'll give you my thought process so you can kind of see where this podcast is going what I value and just explain it. You might agree with me. You might not. But I think I think there's a case and a debate for for why. Number 21 on my list was Brady manik And if you saw the game versus Duke, you probably understand why he's one of the most valuable transfers. North Carolina, they are uh, gonna make the NCA for sure now. Um, he transferred from Oklahoma. And he averaged ten point well he had averaged pretty much the same thing at Oklahoma the year before COVID year. Uh fourteen points, six rebounds. And then last year dropped down to ten points, five rebounds. And now at North Carolina he's averaging fourteen points, six rebounds. Uh almost identical to what he did at Oklahoma. And let's see what the Oklahoma team did that year. Nineteen and twelve, yeah. That was the year that COVID started, so there was no NCAA, probably NCAA quality team that year. Uh, Just looking at from the outside in, yes, uh, definitely almost identical in every way. The PER uh, 2020 year was 22, average 14-6. And and this year at North Carolina, 21, 14-6. And the true shooting is almost identical as well. Um, Very good player, almost identical in every way to what he was then, but not quite, in my estimation, top 20 and above the others. Number 22 is the second Houston Cougar player, and he is Kyler Edwards. He transferred from Texas Tech, where he averaged 10 points per game, 5 rebounds, and the previous year had averaged 11.4 points and four rebounds and three assists. And at Houston, he's averaging nearly 14 points a game, six rebounds and three assists. And he's really picked up the slack for Marcus Sasser, as we talked about earlier. I think James Carlton is more of the driving force. He just has more of the the impactful minutes he just doesn't play quite as many minutes but this guy can suck up minutes <clears throat> he can carry the team when Carlton's not off the court and or Carlton Carlton is off the court so they make for a very good class and certainly picked up the, the slack for for him and uh, the marks I think is the other guy's name that was out also a very good player but Houston's you know they've had lots of injuries and to be where they are these guys had to step up big. Good coach, and probably Kellen Sampson's probably the coach of the year uh, just for what he's been able to do um, picking up the slack. PER-wise, identical. Texas Tech, he had a 17.2 PR last year. That was his best season. And this year he's got a 17.6 PR. His true shooting is not as not nearly as good. Uh, .573 at Texas Tech, and it's a point five five one up basically here um so that dropped significantly which is kind of surprising you know lesser conference um slightly lesser but he, he's really picked it up i guess in other areas uh let's see what is some of his hustle stats uh hmm. basically identical steals uh, reboundings a little bit more uh Turns it over about the same. Okay, it's just I guess basically, yeah, the efficiency, the the shooting percentages, for sure. Yep. Um, But yeah, that's interesting that he makes up the the other value. But he is he's obviously a good player on a good team. Um, I just don't think his the 17.6 per is quite you know quite to the level of these other guys. Um, Carlton is I think really the the main impact guy on that team. Okay, number 23 on my list, Peyton Willis from Minnesota. And he is your classic uh, good stats, bad team guy. is not good, but he is pretty awesome statistically. So I had to put him here. Um, so that's an interesting story. He started at Vanderbilt averaged five points a game his best season there, transfers to Minnesota the first time. This is his second time at Minnesota. He averaged 8.6 points and uh, 3.5 rebounds, two assists. From there, he transfers to College of Charleston last year, plays there 13 points per game, three assists, transfers back to Minnesota, and this year he's averaging 16 points, 5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and his efficiency is, is gone up quite a bit. Uh, shooting 43% from three, better than he did in the Colonial. Um, Two-point percentage is up. Basically, all his stats are up. Uh, let's see. He, what was he, PER, 19.3 PER, 0.584 true shooting in the Colonial at College of Charleston. This year at Minnesota in the Big Ten, he's 23 PER, .595 true shooting. So Minnesota's not a good team. They're like 120 net, I think. But he's a good player. It's not his fault unless he's just horrific on defense, which is defensive rating. Yeah, he's got a positive net rating, so they're good when he's on the court. It's not that um necessarily so just everyone else must be pretty pretty rough around him but uh it's hard to put him him low his team success isn't isn't good but i don't think you can necessarily blame him him for that and i haven't in my rankings number 24 jamal kane and there's not much to say about this guy but he's a 20 and 10 guy his team's not good he played for oklahoma um He transferred from Marquette I'm sorry Oklahoma I said Oklahoma Oakland he plays for Oakland out of the Horizon League and he transferred from Marquette uh, where he averaged about 10 and 6 at Marquette and was starting and I guess the animus for his transfer I guess he just wanted a bigger role and he got it he's a 20 and 10 guy and 26 PER um oakland for a time earlier in the season they were around top 100 but i think they were like 180 now they got kind of exposed but he he kept his stats up and so he got to be the star on the team um which you know i guess some guys are looking for that and some guys are looking to be the the small fish in the bigger pond but he was looking to go the other way and he did and he had had a good season and I wouldn't be talking about him if he was averaging nine and six at Marquette, you know, so he did something right. Number twenty five, Aaron Estrada, who is a six foot four point guard who plays for Hofstra. And he transferred there from Oregon, where he was a role player, played twelve minutes a game, averaged three points. And he had transferred prior to that from Saint Peter's in the um, Metro Atlantic where he averaged 8 points a game and played about 20 minutes a game so he was more or less a role player there and he got the, the to level up to Oregon but he didn't play much there predictably but this year he has exploded and Hofstra is one of the teams that I, I, I previewed in the preseason that had a first year coach that went out and got a bunch of Transfers. I think they're, they're five of their top six players are transfers. One of them got hurt recently, and whenever he got hurt, uh, Estrada got to take the ball over and has pretty much taken off since since that guy got hurt. He was the point guard. So 18 points, 18.5 points per game, five assists, six rebounds a game. Playing for Hostra, they're about a 120 ranked team. Um, Pretty pretty good. Uh, this year He's has a 23 PER and a .57 true shooting, so he's very efficient. Um, appears to be athletic, point guard. He's an interesting player to, to keep an eye on in the future, uh, just with that size and, and and being able to handle the ball and be efficient and get to the rim. Shoots 93% from free throw uh, line, So and he's a career 90 percent shooter. I just noticed that. That's that's pretty serious. So his three point shooting not quite as good, but if you can shoot like that from the free throw line, there's there's hope for for the um, 33% three point shooting to, to get up to maybe 38, 39 I would say. But he's a good player. Good player. Number 26 on my list, Michael Flowers. And he transferred from Western Michigan, where he averaged 15 points per game one year. Then the next year, 16 points, 17 points per game. Then he transferred to from Western Michigan to South Alabama, where he averaged 21 points per game last year. 21 points, five rebounds, almost four assists. And now he's in the Pac-12, and he's playing for Washington State. They're a top-60 team, better team than many of the other guys ahead of him but he doesn't quite have the efficiency and the uh, individual performance of some of the other guys, like a, a Gardner or on, higher on my list. Uh, relatively similar teams. His team's 20 spots better in the net. Um, yeah, let's look at his progression, his PER. Uh, so he was like a 15 to 19 PER guy at Western Michigan earlier in his career as he's still putting up 16 17 points a game. He goes to South Alabama. That jumps up to 24 PER, which similar type conference, Sunbelt, to the to the uh, MAC. And his true shooting was pretty consistent, 50.57, uh, 0.58 percentage. So he goes to the Pac-12 this year. Um, the usage, I'm sure, is down, let's see, yeah, down from 29% to 22%. But his PER, nearly 20 PER, 19.4. True shooting percentage, 0.570 true shooting percentage. So he's very efficient. Uh, the usage is the only thing that dropped down a little bit. I'm sure the team around him is uh, more talented, but he's certainly holding, holding his own um, in the Pac-12 as a very good player. Number 26 on my list, Tavian Martin-Dunn. And you've probably never heard of this guy. He played at Florida Gulf Coast this year. But he was awesome. He had uh, multiple 40-point or close to 40. He had, I think, a 38-point game and a 43-point game. On the season, he averaged 21 points, 6 assists, 23 PER. Um, He was good. He played at... Duquesne before that only averaged about 10 points a game there. Goes to Florida Gulf Coast. They had they had a very good transfer cat, uh, class. Kevin Samuel, I mentioned him in a previous pod, he was a three-year starter at TCU, averaged 10 points and nine rebounds one year there. and was very good. I mean, he averaged two, two, two and a half, I think, blocks and over a steal a game for a center, which is unheard of. So they had those two guys, and they didn't. They were they were like 196 net ranked ranking, and so the, their coach got fired. And immediately, I saw Twitter. They were talking about, oh, I can't believe this guy won 21 games and he got fired. Well, I mean, he had these he had this talent, and they're they're graduating, so he ain't got them anymore. I I, I thought it was justified personally, from from my perspective. I'm. I mean, they're playing in the Atlantic Sun uh, conference with with this kind of talent. I think you should, you know, you should be winning that conference. You should be dominating that conference, honestly. And they had another guy from from Tulsa and a good shooter from Western Carolina. They had five or six transfers, and they were all solid. And several of them played big roles. But those two were were clearly, you know, 25 per type super talents and probably had the best roster in the entire conference I even saw on a message board like the 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 people the other posters in that conference they understood it they they were like oh well he had the best roster I you know I get it and I get it from the outside as well just you can't have a 200 ranked team in year four with this kind of talent and it not not be successful and you're going to you know and the rest of the other years were very horrible I mean they had improved 100 I think they were like a 300 ranked team the season before so it, he got the he hit the transfer portal he had a lot of improvement but he probably had some shortcomings as a coach and couldn't couldn't capitalize on it but this guy he went nuts this year uh, small guy probably not very good on defense but he had Kevin Samuel the you know the TCU three year starter transfer behind him the average three blocks a game he should you know clean cleaning up behind him so team should have been team should have been better but this guy it's hard to ignore the you know twenty one points a game six assists I don't care what conference you're in that's that's pretty good and he's on our list. Number twenty seven Wendell Green Jr. from Auburn and he is, of course, on a good team, one of the top teams in the country. Uh, he's averaging 12 points and four rebounds, five assists, 19 PER, uh, doesn't shoot very efficiently from the field, but got a good team around him, can facilitate. He transferred from Eastern Kentucky where he averaged 16 points a game. Um, so yeah, he, he's pretty productive. Pretty close to similar productive uh, in the SEC as he was Ohio Valley. Let's look at the PER. Yeah, 18.6 PER last year, 19.0 PER this year. True shooting percentage is within a, a percentage. It's not good. I mean, it's point four eight six this year, .50 last year at, in eastern Eastern Kentucky. Um but that just that gives you an indication of how good a talent there is at some of these other lower tier conferences. Eastern Kentucky was not a good team. Not good at all. No, they were. I'm sorry. They I stand corrected. They were 22 and 7. I think they were like 150 net if I remember right. So nothing like, you know, top 5 Auburn or what what have you, but clearly a guy that that could could clearly play be a, a huge role huge player on a on a great team moves up pretty similar uh fundamental stats number 28 alfonso plummer uh, nothing much here to talk about he went from utah 15 points a game this year at illinois transferred to illinois uh per is uh, almost identical he was a 13 almost 14 point per game at utah very solid player um the i think he's a little bit higher on other people's charts but you know 17 per uh his true shooting true shooting is very good uh 60 point 616 excellent actually um let's see what what was his weaknesses yeah he just doesn't he doesn't do much else as far as rebound assist no steals a point zero two steals no blocks no hustle stats doesn't turn the ball over but he doesn't get any assist it's a negative assist to turnover ratio <laughs> one assist 1.3 turnovers um so yeah he looks to be just a, a shooter um yeah three good volume good high volume that's where his true shooting percentage is excellent true shooting comes from Three made threes a game, 42%. Uh, but nothing else, nothing, doesn't do anything else much on the court, it appears. And probably, I think, a proper space for him late 20s. Very good at Utah, uh, doing the same thing at Illinois. But if you're on the court for 30 minutes a game and you're only getting two assist, uh, one assist and a couple of rebounds, I, I just can't have you where some of these other rankings have them. Next up, James Frickin' Akinjo, and I'm sure this is going to be the most controversial one on my list. I've seen him number two on a on a list about a month and a half ago. Uh, I couldn't get there. I know he's on the number three team in the country, um, but he just he's just a guy that's sucking up usage, and, and I don't you know it's, I think the value is coming mostly from other parts on that team. Look at the stats. He is averaging 13.3 points per game, six assists, but the shooting percentages are not there. Uh, 30% three point shooting, um, 39% overall field goals, uh, 17 well, 16.9 PER. Um, let's see what his true shooting was. Yep, four under point, under. Point five uh, zero zero point four nine five, and you can't be the number two best transfer in the country, and and that would put you as like a uh, top ten, top twenty player. And he's not that. I, I just I don't see how how you can have a seventeen per which we under I think everybody understands the weaknesses of per the defense perhaps, but you know, if you're a twenty, if you're a twenty-seven per player, you are not a bad player. You can't show me a twenty-seven per player and that be a bad player. You know, like James Harden. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't say so he doesn't play any defense at all, but he's still a an all-star. He's a a, a super quality player that people want on their team. Um, so yeah, there there are levels, and you kind of understand. I think what what is what and a 16.9 per guy? I, he's good. I, you have to have value to be able to suck up, you know, usage. He's 25% usage. So you have to have uh, when you're the the number one option, the the key cog on the team that runs the offense. Yeah, it's going to be harder on you, and your your efficiency is going to drop. So your sh- true shooting is not going to be as high whenever the pressure's on you, but Maybe you shouldn't be in that role. If you are uh, under .550 50% true shooting, uh, under .500 true shooting, maybe you shouldn't be shooting those many shots. You should be more of a facilitator, a game manager type point guard. And I just don't think this guy is that guy. Um, let's look at his previous stats. and uh, this The contra- most controversial pick I'm sure I'm, I'm making uh Started his career at Georgetown. He was a 13-point-per-game guy, five assists, very similar. Um, goes from there, two years at Georgetown, to Arizona, where he's a 16, 15.6 points per game, 5.4 assists, both career-high averages. Arizona, great school. Uh, comes to the defending national champion, Baylor, and he's – he's just he's good he's just a a good part of that team i think and i don't think he's a a, he's not a a Shibue or or someone that is just a a superstar talent like that and i just i don't consider him in the same way that other people might um arizona he was he was good i mean 18.3 per 0.523 true shooting i mean he's had a lot of volume scoring, 15 points a game, five assists, but he he's not that efficient. He's not he's not impacting the game at the level I think you need to see to be one of the best transfers in the nation. And that that is my thought process. That's why I put him about 30th here. And other people can quibble with that, but that's my opinion. And you're listening to the podcast, and I'm not always going to be right, but that's when I think that, is a proper ranking of him i would like to mention a couple other guys and then we'll wrap it up the next guy i would like to talk about is cameron holden from towson and why i put him on this list is he really helped change this team around they had a 294 net rating last year i think they won four games and they added a couple well, I think they added five transfers, but a couple of them were, were really big-time players for them. And this guy, Cameron Holden, was the best. He averaged 14 points a game, eight rebounds, three assists. Um, and he transferred that, – that was at Towson this year. And he transferred from UT Martin last year where he, he averaged 15 points a game, eight rebounds. So he pretty much carried his same production over to the CAA, and he did it on a very good team this year. Ut Martin, um, I don't think they were a very good team last year when he played. Yeah, eight and sixteen, but that doesn't matter. New situation. Uh, he clearly it wasn't him that was uh, the main problem on that team. He he was similar production on a top seventy team. They should make the um, NIT. Uh, they did get upset in their conference tournament, but I think that. You know they have a strong enough resume where they should. they be one of the last teams to get an at-large NIT bid, but I think I think they're pretty good shape for that. The next player is Jordan Brown from Louisiana, and he's had an interesting journey. He was a top twenty recruit out of high school in 2018. He started at Nevada, where he. Played very little 10 minutes a game. Then he transferred to Arizona where he was a pretty significant player last year. He averaged 20 minutes a game, but in that 20 minutes a game He was averaging nearly 10 points a game and five rebounds. Very productive at Arizona and Let's see. Yeah, he had a 23 PER and a point five seven true shooting. He's a big man but he transferred to Louisiana, and, and this is one of the guys that I thought, hey, this is a, you know, he's coming from a pretty much a blue-blood team uh, going to the Sunbelt Conference. He's going to wreck those guys, and he was very productive. He, they had a weird team that had uh, two big men. They had a very productive big man, big man the year before as well, and I, I really don't understand why he transferred to this uh school, I guess he thought he would just beat this guy out, but uh, they kind of split some time and had to play together a lot, and I don't know the situation was that great uh, for him, but he did average 15 points a game, 8 rebounds, 23 PR, so he was very productive still, but he was one of the uh, biggest recruits, biggest, most productive players that was a, you know, a big-time player at Arizona going down to a lower level, and he... He did, I guess, as you would expect. He, you know, he averaged 15 points a game, eight rebounds. Um, you would have thought maybe the efficiency and uh, would would be a little higher, but I guess you know when you're the number one option or the number one, you're getting defended a lot a lot better as well. But the team wasn't very good, uh, so I, I just I honestly expected a little bit more as far as from the team, but I don't think the fit and the makeup was very good. Next up, Kellen Grady. And this is one of the guys that I've seen ranked uh, much higher, and he maybe there's a case for that. I mean, he is on a excellent Kentucky team. He is shooting the ball very well. I think this year is just, you know, he's just kind of an average player more or less. Uh he can't he transfer from Davidson up to Kentucky, but he had a, you know, top 100 recruit pedigree. Um, and he just he was a 17 point per guy per game guy at Davidson, and this year he's a 12 point per game guy at, at Kentucky. But he just doesn't do much else. 33 minutes a game, he's only getting two rebounds. But I, I know Sheboy is there sucking up all the the rebounding. But you know it's it just not not a lot of other areas that he's contributed in other than just shooting the ball, and he and he does it well. You as you would expect his efficiency shooting the ball went up. Um, as there's less pressure on him with better talent around him. But he's just kind of, kind of a 14 PER guy, high true shooting, 62% per, uh, true shooting. But I, I just think he's more of a cog in the wheel than a uh, star. But And the last guy I would like to talk about, uh, he would have came up about 40th on the list, but he has a... I just don't quite understand this one. Um, he was a... Transfer Jalen Combe from Virginia Tech, and he played on a NCAA team at Virginia Tech. They aver- he averaged about nine points a game, um, and he was had like a he was a top 80 player out of high school, and he transferred to Northern Arizona, which seems a little strange. I don't know what the you know he he's from North Carolina, so it wasn't like he was going back home, but North Arizona was not a good team. They were like three hundred. Uh, net ranking and he he did what you would expect there averaged 19 points a game three and a half assist but it's just I, I don't understand what the recruiting was why other schools didn't you know try to pick him up considering he had been you know nearly a 10 point per game guy on the NCAA team out of the ACC it just didn't make a lot of sense but he he did did score a lot of points there. Maybe he just really wanted to be the star of the team, or the coach did a good job on him recruiting him. But I didn't hear of any other recruitment really. And uh, the efficiency was wasn't as good. But he is a, a volume three point shooter, and it'd be interesting to see if he if he transfers back up to a P five conference at some point. That's it, guys. Thank you for being with us today. At Vanguard.